welcome to another episode of Two Steps Back. Two Steps Back. Yes, I waited for the intro that time. Oh, I knew you, it was coming in. I'm excited. Okay, well, we're here with a history enthusiast, which is how you want to be known, yep. Chelsea. But this time is a little bit different because you're not really going to be doing much talking or learn. educating. You're going to learn from me and I get to teach you about... Uh, part of sporting euros. history yes the euros in 1996 hosted in england are you excited i thought it was 96 euros so yeah 96 euros you said that yesterday and i thought you were talking about currency oh, that's what i thought you were talking about so i've got lots to learn i thought where have you got 96 euros from but no it's the european football championship in 1996 so it's football it's football, yeah. <laughs> you just learned that. Well, you know my sporting knowledge. Uh, oh, well, just just uh, out of interest, from zero to 100, how would you rate your knowledge of football? Minus 10. Minus 10. You're going below zero. Yeah. <laughs> you know less than nothing. Yeah, I've made it almost my life's mission to not really know much. <laughs> so I'm now beginning to be willing to learn okay well that's good well anyway going back to euro 96 it was hosted in england i know england and throughout <laughs> you'll you'll pick up some references that i think you'll recognize is it gonna be the spice girls uh potentially that could be mentioned oh yes love the spice girls but anyway this was the 10th european football championship it was held between the 9th and the 30th of June, 1996. Do you remember it well? I was quite young. <laughs> <laughs> My was memory the... is shaky at best. It was the first European football championship to feature 16 finalists, following UEFA's decision to expand the tournament from eight teams. And an 18 competition in the summer sounds pretty small now, but that's what it was before 1996. Okay, I take your word for it. I mean, eight teams seems okay. It's a good amount. When you think we have uh, 24 teams now, well, it would have been 24 teams this year in Euro 2020, but obviously that's going to be next year now. Is that not going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, it would have started a couple of days ago. But they're bringing football back, aren't they? Yeah, but they've got to finish off the Premier League season first. Why? <laughs> <laughs> because... They've got to find out who's going to win it and who's going to be relegated and all that kind of stuff. But it's a different tournament. Yeah, but again, these, these competitions started before. So they've got to finish the ones that were already started before they start new competitions. And that's why they've completely moved the competition this summer, which is the international competition, to next summer, 2021. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... During the bidding process, it hadn't actually been announced that the tournament was going to be expanded to 16 teams. So people were bidding to host the competition thinking it would be eight teams. So they only needed four venues. But anyway, after England won the hosting bid against Austria, Greece, the Netherlands and Portugal, uh, it was expanded to 16 teams. And they won the bid in... Is that because we had more stadiums? I think that had a, probably a part to play with it. They thought, oh, we want to expand it to 16 teams anyway, and it's being hosted in England, which has the Premier League stadiums to cope with the venues. Because I think they had eight venues. 
Um, that makes sense. But I'll get onto that in a bit. Sorry, I was jumping the gun. But on the 5th of May, 1992, UEFA announced that England would host... Wait, what year? 96. 1992. So four years' time. You weren't even born. No. But yeah, yeah, four years beforehand. So they they do it quite early, and that's the same for all these kind of sporting, big sporting events. They announce who's going to host it quite early on. Does it only run every year, every four years then? This European competition runs every four years, yeah. Okay. European Championships. And then the World Cup is every four years in between that. So you go European Championship, okay. then two years, then there's a World Cup. Then two years later, there's a European Championship again. Two years later, there's a World Cup, and so on. Cool. And this is just, just for international teams, countries. It feels like there's football on every day, apart from obviously during this virus. <laughs> <laughs> the competition slogan, as obviously they have to market this competition now, yep. was football comes home. That's where the song comes Which, from. Which yes, you got it. Which it's the one that really led bugs to me. the competition's most popular song, "Free Lions," recorded by comedians David Baddiel and Frank Skinner, with Britpop band The Lightning Seeds. Um, Baddiel and Skinner uh, were strongly connected with uh, the BBC show Fantasy Football League, which they just sat on the sofa and talked about football basically during the nineties. And they released a single. It topped the UK singles chart for a total of two weeks. And it obviously, as you know, regularly reappears in the UK charts around major football tournaments involving England ever since then. So that's when it started, 1996. <laughs> You've heard the the kids coming up to you at school and saying, it's coming home, it's coming home. Yeah, but it doesn't really make sense because football never leaves. <laughs> uh, a re-recorded version of the Sorry. song reached number one during the 1998 World Cup. So two years after that, it reached number one again. And 20 years later, 2018, uh, the song reached number one in the UK chart uh, following England reaching the semi-finals of the 2018 World Cup with the line, It's Coming Home, featuring heavily on social media. And <laughs> Which you know. I repeat again, it never left. In doing so, it became the first song in history to have four separate stints at number one in the UK. By the following week, the first song in history to have four separate... I'm just reading that again. First song in the UK to have four separate stints at number one in the UK. Surely some Christmas songs. That that must not mean Christmas songs. Because surely some Christmas songs have had stints at number one. Maybe they haven't. Not four, Maybe they just get up there every Christmas but don't go to number one. They have a new number one every year, don't they? Pretty yeah, much. I guess so. Maybe that is right. The first song <laughs> in history to have four separate stints at number one in the UK. And But by the following week, following England's semi-final defeat to Croatia in 2018 and elimination from the tournament, the single had fallen to number 97 in the charts and that set a new record for the fastest ever descent from the top of the charts. <laughs> so that's how quickly the bubble bursts with football teams. <laughs> unfortunately especially with england um free lions was the official song of the england team and the song that is most strongly connected with euro 96 is that the football coming home one yeah football's coming home but the official song of the tournament was we're in this together by simply red and the song was performed by mick hucknall at the tournament's opening ceremony and i listened to that back and 
I don't know if it's, it's just dated badly or whether it was bad at the time, but it's a terrible song. When it's was it created? Completely lacking inspiration or energy for the tournament. Um, when was it created? Yeah. I think just 96. They chose it as the official song for the competition. Well, you know, it's not very there's good. quite a few songs that have been a bit of a flop and during you, you can see why the fans took on is coming home because it was so much more positive upbeat. upbeat and the lyrics do have slightly english pessimism in there like oh we've seen it all before and all that kind of stuff but uh yeah and the end is sort of it's more positive it's slightly positive <laughs> So the host, host cities were London, Birmingham, Manchester, Leeds, Liverpool, Newcastle, Nottingham and Sheffield being pretty much the biggest stadiums in the country at the time. Um, so the FA, talking about the England team, were uh, felt that the best preparation for Euro 96 was for Terry Venables, who was the manager, to take his side on a tour of China. Yes, the best way to prepare for your home competition which you're hosting is to go to China for a little bit of a tour. Do China have better stadiums? No, that wasn't really the reason. He just felt the players might get bored at home between the end of the league season, the club league season, and the start of the competition. Won't they get tired from all the travel? Exactly. That is another way of looking at it. But he wanted to get away completely and just do something else. Well, the FA did. Well, you, you could do that in lots of places which don't have as big a travel, mm. like length <laughs> and time zones. Like, yeah. That's tiring. Like, you could go down along the line. <laughs> it doesn't sound quite right to do that. But, yeah, they did it. And it started quite well. They beat China 3-0. Oh, they play football whilst doing it? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a tour where they play football matches, yeah. Okay, I thought they were just, like, having a bit of... Uh... holiday. YOLO life. Well, we'll get on to that. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> in Beijing, they beat China 3-0 before the team headed down to Hong Kong to play the Hong Kong Golden Select 11. Ooh. 11? Yeah, there's 11 footballers on the football pitch. <laughs> you know when I said minus 10? I'm feeling like a minus 50. <laughs> oh, dear. England won the game 1-0 against Hong Kong but were heavily criticised for their performance as it was a poor game and they only just scraped a 1-0 win. That's um, really good for motivation and making them feel good about themselves. Exactly. During the tour, they were allowed to unwind and ha- have a night out. But the press got hold of some photos of the team a bit worse for wear with their shirts torn in a Hong Kong bar. The most infamous pictures from this were Paul Gascoigne and Teddy Sheringham strapped into the bar's antique dentist chair while spirits were poured down their throats and that was quite famous and particularly papers like The Sun and you know papers like that had it had it plastered all over their front page and they didn't do the reputa- reputation of the England football team very good well, just a matter of weeks before this big competition. Did it have a good reputation beforehand? Uh, not particularly because in, on the pitch, England didn't qualify for the 1994 World Cup and they'd finished, they didn't get out the group stages in the last European Championships in 1992. So there wasn't a lot of hope going on. 
<laughs> they were playing a bit rubbish. They reached the semi-finals of the World Cup in 1990, but that was the last time that they'd done really well. Uh, so there wasn't a lot of hope going around, and uh, they're just seen as having a piss-up, really, in Hong Kong. Yeah, yubbish lads. Um, and the team suffered further damage uh, to the reputation as on a Cafe Pacific flight back to London um, there was damage done to two TV screens inside the plane and there was actually a police investigation into that. Anything come of it? or not really? uh, I don't think so. I think some stuff later came out in players' autobiographies once they retired about who actually did it and that kind of thing. But various stories. But uh, there was a lot of calls for some players to be dropped just because the, the press was speculating about who did it and that kind of thing. But the Sun's headline for the antics in Hong Kong was disgraceful. Look at Gaza, a drunk oaf with no pride. Now, Gaza means something different to me. Who is Gaza? Gaza is Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> That's his nickname. And I was, was thinking of Gary Barlow. <laughs> so <laughs> not Gary Barlow. <laughs> I'm glad I cleared that up because in my mind, I'm like, Gary Barlow can do no wrong. <laughs> 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 no, he didn't. Uh, Gary Barlow didn't uh, destroy two TVs on a Cafe Pacific flight. It didn't sound like And Gary. have spirits poured down his throat on a dentist chair. But Gascon. Gascoin. Gascoin. <laughs> yeah. Did. Mm. Was he on Harry's tour? No, he wasn't actually. Oh, okay. A recent TV show. Sorry, that was complete. Uh, but he was he was a good footballer, very good footballer. Okay. But um, he had a reputation for drinking being and partying and being a bit naughty. Yeah, you could say that. Um, but it's one of those balances where he was such a good player. And you know, I hope he yeah. makes up for it. You don't know this, the end of this story. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> another no another headline read, England hammered in more ways than one. Burn. <laughs> Burn. Uh, so the pressure is on the team. Added to that, that England didn't qualify for the World Cup, like I said, in 1994. So the first game against Switzerland was their first competitive game in two and a half years. Uh, that game, the first game, finished 1-1. Yeah. And the press were on their backs again. Yeah. Because during the opening game in the home competition against Switzerland, 1-1. Is Switzerland a good team? Great. Uh, okay. Not In rugby terms, that I understand. In rugby terms. So, you know, like, if you're going against the All Blacks, if you kind of draw, that's kind of okay. Like, they're the All oh, Blacks. Right. But if it's against Switzerland, kind of a middle middle kind of team. You can't, if they're really good on, on their game, you can probably lose to them. But... England, because they're professional players and all that kind of stuff, should be expected to beat them, kind of thing. Okay. In rugby terms, Switzerland would be like a Fiji or a... Okay. Maybe a bit lower than that. Because Fiji are all right. <laughs> they, they have Georgia. some good matches. Oh, I saw Georgia play. Yeah. Um, so, the pressure was on, and they faced Scotland. In their second group game. Who are... Big rivalry. Very um, good. Not very good. Well, Scotland drew against the Netherlands in their first game, which was seen as quite a good result for them. So they're one of those teams that are not particularly... Not got the best players in the world, but 
against England because it's a big rival they're really determined and really up for it okay and they have like it's not far for the Scottish people to travel so <laughs> no like just... they would have a lot of support home support yeah they did they had, they had quite a bit of support going on well it means a lot like to travel down get supporters mm. so that probably doesn't help <laughs> and England are 1-0 up in this Scotland game and both teams have drawn their first game in the group. So they won the lap in the second half. Tony Adams concedes a penalty, which Who's is then... Tony Adams? He was the captain that time, of... actually, of the England. Okay. Sorry, I should explain that. And um, that penalty was saved by the England goalkeeper, David Seaman. And a minute later, uh, England break down the pitch and Paul Gascoigne scores a really good goal. So flicks it over the top of the defender's head and then volleys it in to the corner. Okay. And that is one of the most famous goals, particularly in English football history against Scotland. And his has provided a very famous celebration as well, where he reenacts the dentist chair, <laughs> the dentist chair incident in Hong Kong. Really? <laughs> where he lies on his back. Oh, his mouth open, and someone I can't remember who, but a teammate gets a water bottle and squirts water. At least it's a water bottle. Throat. I had a very bad image then. <laughs> someone gets a, bo <laughs> a bottle of vodka out. No, that wasn't no, the image in my far. mind. <laughs> but that was quite a famous image. Okay. And it's he's kind of trying to get back at the press for that as well. Um, Did it work? I mean, he scored a great goal. England won the game two 0 But. So things are kind of turning around a little bit. How's the Sun's headlines? Um, well, they've they've toned it down a little bit, I guess. They're, they're sort of turning on the side of the team now. That they've... Because they've got you know, they're, more they're, hope. Yeah, exactly. If they're behaving and they're also playing well on the pitch, then I think they'll, they'll get the support of the press. But as soon as they do something bad, then the press will absolutely hammer them Fame as we've seen stickle. yeah as we've seen <laughs> many times in the past England win the game 2-0 and it's a huge turning point for the team and they go on to beat the Netherlands 4-1 in the last group game to top the group and that brings massive belief back to the team the fans and the press so yeah that was probably the best performance of the competition for England was beating Netherlands 4-1 they were a, quite a good side at that time. Okay. What are you What are you thinking? It was the way that you said it makes it think that the next round is not going to be so positive. Um, well, I'll, I'll wait see. to find out. So the Netherlands also advanced from Group A, but only on goals scored after they were tied with Scotland on four points and they drew their head-to-head -head match and they were tied on a minus one goal difference. How do you get a minus one goal difference? Right, so goal difference, you take the goals that they score and minus the goals that they concede. Okay. So you get a minus one goal difference if you score four goal, uh, if you score three goals, but you concede four goals okay. out of the three games, something like that. Um, but it was a cruel way for Scotland to exit the competition. Sad times. Sad times for Scotland. 
Uh, in Group happened. B, France and Spain progressed to the quarterfinals. In Group C, Germany and the Czech Republic went through, which meant Italy were knocked out as they had lost their head-to-head match it? against the Czechs. Italy? Sorry? In football terms. Italy, pretty good team. Okay. Always very pretty consistent throughout World Cups and European Championships and that kind of thing. So it's probably quite a shock at the time that they went out in the group stage. Okay. Was it because they had like a particularly hard group? Um, not really. Czech Republic were just coming up as a... They hadn't long been formed, I don't think, as a country. So they're quite new as a football team. But they had some good players at the time. And they were, in that period in the 90s, the Czech Republic were a pretty good team. So it was, I guess, out of those three teams, Germany, Czech Republic and Italy, two of those would go through. Um, so it was quite a tough group. And Germany's quite a good team. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and in Group D, Portugal and Croatia advanced, which meant the reigning champions Denmark failed to qualify from the group. But in, De- in 1992, it was quite a shock that Denmark won the competition anyway. That was a bit of an upset. The but Czech that was an upset. Republic yeah. was formed in 1993, I think. Okay. So again, they hadn't been going long as a football team. Three years. Yeah. So it was pretty impressive for them to as do, do as well as they did. But like I say, they had some good players. Same with Croatia as well. They advanced with Portugal and with Portugal from Group D. They had some pretty good players as well, but they hadn't long been formed as a country. Portugal, there's famous players from Portugal now. Now, yeah, one in particular. There's a statue to him. Yeah. Oh, I've got his name. <laughs> it's already bugged me. It's a really bad statue, one of the bad statues yeah, it to is. him, because I saw it in the news. Yeah. I want to say Ronaldo, but I don't think that's right. It is right. <gasps> well done. My goodness gracious me. Only I was almost going to blast me. It took 30 seconds to remember his name. Anyway. Uh, oh, that was a burn. <laughs> the country is on a high, and uh, the culture around English football has changed from hooliganism to a more family-friendly atmosphere. I would say not. You've never been to a football game. I have. Have you? Yes. Where did you go? When did I go? I think I was about, I want to say 10. Where was it? Torquay United. Oh. Our local team. Yeah. So how was that experience? Um, I I got bored. I fell asleep. That was because of the football. <laughs> Did you feel welcomed by the supporters? There weren't the many people there. There weren't many people? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Sorry. from a cultural point of view, okay. there's the Britpop movement at that time. <laughs> and a new generation that a new generation are listening to. And there's bands as well, like the Spice Girls, helping Ooh. to empower girls and and provide that girl power movement and this all comes together in the summer of 96 to build a huge amount of optimism and hope for the future Uh, not just for the competition but obviously politically building towards the new labor movement in 97 with their big win as well Mm. so big political changes coming big cultural changes coming in music and that kind of thing and also now they have a football team that they're hosting the competition and they're doing pretty well as well. So although it's only a kind of 
three week, four week bubble. There's a lot of optimism going around. The competition is about a month long. Whoa. Whoa. All these major competitions are about that length. That's a small length of time. (laughs) For all those games. Um, That optimism (laughs) rolled into the quarterfinals where England played Spain, which England won on penalties. Uh, Stuart Pearce scored one of the penalties, which was a big moment for him as he had missed a penalty in the World Cup in 1990. How do penalties work? Uh, That's if the game is a draw after 90 minutes. Okay. And... It's a draw after extra time. How long is extra time? Two halves of 15 minutes. It's a half an hour. Why do they say two halves of 15 minutes? Because they swap ends. Uh, Don't... I have no knowledge of this. (laughs) And um, so then it goes to penalties if it's still a draw. So in that particular game, it was nil-nil. No goals were scored after 90 minutes and then the extra half an hour must be hard watching and (laughs) and um, (laughs) sorry so it went to penalties okay and then how many penalties are shot uh well you have best of five penalties and then if it's drawn after that it goes to sudden death but no Stuart Pearce scored a penalty he'd missed one in 1990 in the World Cup which England sent got sent out in the semi-finals and after his celebration is to scream and punch the air dramatically and that further cemented his nickname as Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Psycho Stuart Pierce. I've never heard that. Okay. Okay. Uh, in the other quarterfinal, you'll like this one as well, France beat the Netherlands also on penalties after the game finished 0-0. So I think both quarterfinals on the 22nd of June... 1996 finished 0-0 in total and they both went to penalties France beating the Netherlands that time Uh, Germany beat Croatia 2-1 to go through to face England in the semi-final and the Czech Republic beat Portugal 1-0 so at least they had some goals Czech Republic are doing really well given that they are such a baby country but I guess the players themselves have been playing for a while so it's just the fact that the name changes? Oh, I don't know. I mean, th- there would have been border changes to the countries. So some players who were playing together, as Czechoslovakia, had to move to another country. And then others would have played for the Czech Republic. Probably most would have carried on playing for the Czech Republic, I think. I'm not sure of the logistics of that change. No. But throughout you know 70s 80s 90s so many uh central european nations have changed yeah so the football teams have all had to start again pretty much which Mm. must be a nightmare in one sense but opportunity in another opportunity in another czech republic taking that opportunity for the win uh so england versus germany in the (laughs) semi-final at wembley and that saw an average of 20... There's a song for Wembley, isn't there? Yes, a couple of songs. 
really you'll have to research it. that yourself i'm not gonna sing it i really want to um, sing it why well you want my sing dad it. sings oh what's he say wembley wembley <laughs> yeah it's something like that yeah um he gets excited there was an average of 23.8 million people tuned in to watch England versus Germany in the semi-final. Mm-hmm. And although it, wasn't, although it wasn't the most watched TV programme of the year, as it was beaten in December by the Christmas episode of Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> more that than hurts t- more a than t- little bit, I imagine. More than 23.8 million people watched the Christmas episode of Only Fools and Horses that year. That's crazy. I think Gavin and Stacey Christmas special probably beat that though, isn't it? I don't know because there's so much more TV channels now. That's true. So I don't know. Really, how many Gavin and Stacey really got big off. most viewed TV programs are generally not in the past sort of ten fifteen years. They were before that. Wow. Especially with sporting events, because the big sporting events back along would have been on BBC and would have been free to air and you would have had maybe a choice of four channels so if mm. you were sort of into sports you'd watch the big sporting event on one channel Gavin and Stacey's mm, was the most watched show on Christmas Day with an incredible 11.6 million viewers 11.6? yeah Yeah. so nowhere near nowhere near that that is crazy yeah but you're right no. that's since 2008 no one's that was like the biggest one since 2008 and it's nowhere near that. yeah that's crazy but you are right about the number of channels so number of viewers obviously yeah it's just split now and also netflix amazon prime movies loads of movies people are just Disney doing different Plus. things at different times what are the other ones hulu have you got something you're gonna name them all well i feel like <laughs> we can't have affiliations there are many great viewing channels yes other streaming <laughs> platforms do exist yes <laughs> Research into the best one for you. Yeah. Terms and conditions apply. Yep. Um, back Sorry. to the football. <laughs> Sorry. The semi-final. Alan Shearer scores inside three minutes. Shearer. Shearer. The name rings a bell. Yeah. Who is he? Um, you would have seen him on, maybe on Match of the Day now. He's a TV pundit. I don't watch So Match he talks about football. No. But that's kind of where you hear him from. He's kind of more talks about football now. So but he's... he's... TV advertisements. Advertisements, no. Mm. Oh. <laughs> That's probably where I was thinking. I probably would have seen him from. Do you think you've seen him spraying a bottle of links or something like that? I don't know what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he sprayed links. Oh. I don't know whether or not he uses links or another body deodorant spray. Anyway, he was a striker. He played for Newcastle. Okay, was Newcastle a good team? Um, in the nineties, they yes. were pretty good. Cool. Yeah didn't win the league but they were very close on a couple of occasions um and alan shear was the head of that i think he was the captain and lead striker cool one of the top premier league goal scorers but he scores inside three minutes to give england a great start with you like his name stefan kuntz equalizing later in the first half the game finished one one and went to extra time golden goal do you know what that means? No. Oh. It means that uh, if someone scores in extra time, it's kind of like next goal wins once it goes to extra time. Oh, okay. If they score a goal, the team wins the game. And then they stop the extra time? 
and then that's it the game is over sounds like sudden death whoa hang on no uh, okay this is the first competition in euro 96 that the golden goal rule had been used and um... was introduced by fifa in 1993 although the american north american soccer leagues had used a version of this called sudden death uh, since the 1970s although fifa thought this term carried negative con connotations so they'd never used it but they brought in the term golden goal and later silver goal rule um but they were both seen as failed experiments and they didn't create the attacking play that they hoped for and the rules were abolished in after euro 2004 very short-lived it was a bit short-lived yeah but i mean generally both teams um in golden goal will just sit back and really not want to concede because you really want to score the golden goal but also your main worry is that you're going to concede the golden goal as well so yeah. therefore it was mainly about defense uh during extra time in the semi-final uh, england hit the post as well as a famous mm. missed chance for paul gascoigne where he slid in to put the ball into an empty net but the ball evades him by a matter of centimeters and it's a really really close chance and it's when you watch it back it's like it's in slow motion you just think he's gonna put it in that's the golden goal in england through to the final but i mean it just just misses it his foot um so that's so close but it goes to penalties again and after five successful penalties each gareth southgate steps up and sees his penalty saved southgate yes southgate again I rings the light the bell. Bulb, i thought the light bulb would go off there how do you know gareth southgate hmm. <laughs> he's the current manager of the england football team is he the one that wears the blazers <laughs> blazers no waistcoats. waistcoats yeah he's waistcoat man yeah okay. <laughs> he's a waistcoat man yeah <laughs> yeah um, i'm not helping the argument that I he's he's waistcoat man um gareth yeah. southgate steps up and sees his penalty saved by german goalkeeper andreas kopka um andreas moller then steps up and scores sending germany through to the final and england out of the competition so everyone was sad everyone was sad apart Big, from germany germany were happy. i mean feel the the pressure on gareth southgate he was the only one to miss the penalty and he feels like he's let the country down and that kind of thing so that's why it was quite significant in 2018 when he was manager of the team that they were able to win on penalties and that's sort of a bit of redemption for him okay uh even though they got to the semi-finals the same position and lost again that's uh, spoiler alert if you didn't know yeah so it was a big pop on the bubble which has burst now and in the aftermath of the match there were actually riots in trafalgar square this doesn't Mainly... help the image of footballers <laughs> no. being no this football didn't help supporters. the footballers this... themselves didn't do this this is just the few hours afterwards mainly due to the frustration at the result um other hooliganism that night included an audi store being looted in west midlands being german a german uh, store and a Russian student being stabbed in Brighton after hooligans thought he was German. Yeah, this is one of the reasons why I do frown upon 
the sport, which is totally not the sport's fault, nor the players. Some of the supporters aren't respectful. But Again, that's the same a in lots of, of sports. People it's a handful give, of people it, doing it a really bad name. A bad reputation, yeah. Uh, so in the final, Germany and the Czech Republic, mm-hmm. who are you rooting for? Uh, Czech Republic. Czech Republic. The reason being that they're a new country. But I also like Germany because... I like Germany. It's a nice country. Hmm. Very interesting. Interesting history. Yeah. As in, like, to lots study. Of, lots of history, yeah. Well, they've got lots of history for history teachers to talk about. Yeah, and we they went... Keep you obviously, we went round and had a look, and it was like, and this was bombed. Mm. <laughs> and this was destroyed. Yeah. Um, so, in the final, mm-hmm. it was a 1-1 draw after 90 minutes. So It, goes it into... seems like football... There's a lot of draws. There was a lot of draws in this competition, actually. It was is that not really very dull? close? Or tense. is that in a oh, big it's competition? It's not too bad because it's kind of on a knife edge. It could go either way, kind of thing. You want it to be close. You don't want one team to smash. Yeah, you want quite a lot of goals though, which didn't really happen in this competition. No. I think England England scored the most goals in the match with four against the Netherlands not great is it <laughs> it's all right if you're looking for goals that's it's not the match to watch apart from the one that's four 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 fours what four? <laughs> four one four one that's the one i wanted um so so we go to golden goal extra time in the final yep um and Oliver Bierhoff scores the golden goal for germany just five minutes into extra time to win the competition for the Germans. Cool. Um, the Queen presents Jürgen Klinsmann with the trophy after the game. And he, he led the, the celebration. Sorry? Is he the captain? Uh, he was the captain, yeah. And uh, he led the celebrations when the team arrived back in Frankfurt by starting chants with thousands of fans in Frankfurt Square um, of Queen's We Are The Champions and It's Coming Home. <laughs> So they're rubbing further salt in the English yeah. wounds there by starting those chants. I but mean, it's German sense of humour for you. I think it's just sense of humour, isn't it? It's just different. Yeah. Everyone's got a different one, but it is quite funny. It's a kind of two-way thing, really. Yeah, it, it goes both ways. Yeah. There's chants in England about German, Germany and football. So mm. I think if you can't take it, don't. Don't do it. Don't take part. Exactly. One positive for England is that Alan Shearer won the golden boot with five goals. What's the golden boot? Uh, it means he was top goal scorer. For the, t- the team? The is competition. It their, oh, the, the whole, whole competition. competition. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. whether or not there were 16 golden boots. <laughs> 16 golden boots, one for each team. Yeah. I guess you do maybe get a, an award for being the top goal scorer in your country. But then some countries went out in the um, group stage, not scoring many goals. It's still so an achievement. You stop. You stop. But anyway, yeah, the golden boot is quite a good thing to win. Okay. In the competition, and Harry Kane won the golden boot in the 2018 World Cup. Um, What's the benefit of winning it? Personal pride. Okay. Prestige. Not a lot else. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if not the came with a monetary gain. Um. No, I guess if you're a young player and you want it, 
you're more likely to gain more chances to get sold off a big transfer yeah to a big team if you're not in a big team already but if you win it generally you're in a big team already so um the tournament holds the european championship second highest aggregate attendance of 1,276,000 an average per game of 41,158 for the 16 team format surpassed only in 2012 what happened in 2012? Uh, it's another European Championship. Okay. These are just being compared to other European Championships. Okay. Uh, despite the clashes after the semi-final, Euro 96 is regarded as a competition that proved a turning point for English football in terms of crowd violence and reputation, as well as performances on the pitch. It also paved the way for major competitions to be held in England, such as the Champions League finals in 2011 and 2013, at the new rebuilt Wembley Stadium and also the 2012 Olympics which was hosted in the UK so it showed you know that that we were ready to host major competitions cool and you know it led the way for the 2012 Olympics to be such a success that's it You've, so in summary in summary yeah the 96 euros yeah were important for the social well-being of the nation because it heightened interest got people talking about a big event together yeah of all ages hence why the family atmosphere yeah um helped to bring prestige on an international level with england and its ability to host big events yeah or the uk for for example for the um Olympics and future because obviously that was Great Britain uh-huh. um, and we didn't do too bad yeah yeah that's cool. your free takeaway points there yeah I feel like I learned quite a lot yeah I learned about the golden goal which is also known as sudden death in America um, the fact that football doesn't have a lot of goals often in big events but that's okay Mm. And it helps with tension. <laughs> Doesn't help with blood pressure levels, unfortunately. Probably I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, but other fine. people, I'll, I'll be all right. You're as calm as anyone during a big football match. I think I fell asleep in the last one that I went to. You did. In my defence, I get tired sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> what better place to have a nap than a football match? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. Are there any players you'd like to know about? I mean, I don't know any players. Definitely not personally. Um, so I have interests in their lives and what would be happening in the contextual kind of atmosphere. It was interesting about the New Labour movement and Spice Girls, Spice People. Mm, that all cultural thing was all bubbling up. Yeah. There's some good documentaries actually about Britpop and the mid 90s in the UK kind of thing yeah I mean I like the 90s but I'm kind of a little bit biased on that one (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I mean it sounded pretty good Hmm. I'm intrigued to learn more sporty stuff absolutely I'll come back at you with more sporting history at some point yeah I mean I, I don't know anything about pretty much any sport so I mean that's been confirmed on this podcast i think 
don't think you need us to remind us of that. But yeah. <laughs> but I've learned more now. So we're, the only way is up. The only way is up. And that's a great point to end the podcast on. The only way is up. Yeah. We will see you next time. Thank you very much for listening. We'll Thank be back you. with more. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.